Welcome to Bethlehem Covenant Church's sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed as you listen to this message. All right, if you have your Bibles and you'd like to follow along with me today, we're going to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 to 8, and then also verse 11. We're currently, um, during this Lent season leading up to Easter, our theme is hope, and everything's about hope. And uh, so we're uh, looking into that, and today it's hope in the midst of God's timing and how God makes everything beautiful in its time. He's working in and through all things, even when we have to wait and all that kind of stuff. And so um, I want to read for us Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 8, and also verse 11. It says this, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. There's a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. He has made everything beautiful in its time, and he has also set eternity in the hearts of men. No one can truly fathom all that God has done from beginning until end. This scripture is truly a poetic masterpiece. It was written 3,000 years ago and is deeply profound. It's talking about the human life and how in every life and in every era of history, wherever around the world, uh, there are certain norms that we all face in this life. For example, in every life, there's a time to be born and there is a time to die. And in every life, we go through these highs and we go through these lows. There's a season of planting and then there's a season of harvest. It, it can't be harvest time all the time. Uh, not just, just like it can't be summer all of the time. There's also winter. Not every moment is there laughing in our life. There's also weeping in our life. Not every day is mending. Sometimes it's tearing apart. There are moments of embrace and there are moments when we must part until we meet again. There are moments where we're to remain silent. And then there's moments when we're to speak up. There is building and there is tearing down and there is building again. There are times we face in war, and there are times of peace. In one way, this poem is just seems so basic. In another way, it seems so completely profound. For every life has its full spectrum of seasons and times. But what makes this poem so powerful and full of hope for me um, is verse 11, where it says, God makes everything beautiful in its time. And he goes on to say he sets eternity in the hearts of all. It says that God makes, that's a key word right there, God makes everything beautiful, glorious. You know, who can, who can take a moment like war or the weeping for a lost child or the uprooting of a family or to another country and make it beautiful? Make it something purposeful. Make it lovely. God can. He can. He makes all things 
beautiful. Even in the pain, even in the times of war, an act of kindness, a showing of strength or of unity, a family coming together, a memory, a generosity of a church, a new friendship, love uh, of a nurse uh, is giving care to a child, the unity of a nation, the courage of a soldier or a father or a friend, light in amidst the darkness. God makes everything beautiful in its time. All good things come from God. And in every darkness, there is a light still burning. There is a hope still shining. There is a love remaining, a new thing beginning in every season, in every life. He makes all things beautiful. He makes all things beautiful. Today, we continue in this series on hope, and, and so many in our world are in one of those seasons. And, it, and at first, it seems hopeless, and maybe you have even been there, but in every season, there is hope because there is God, and He is at work making all things beautiful, putting eternity even into our hearts. Last week, we looked at hope. For every sinner and every suffering and, and even in death, a hope that is found in Jesus Christ and how we can do all things through him. And that and the love that was demonstrated to us that that even while we were sinners, he died for us. Well, I, I thought about that in this scripture in Ecclesiastes for it says he makes all things beautiful. Well, I thought about that. What is more ugly than a blood-stained cross where friends have betrayed you and the world hated you and crucified you, and yet even in that, he makes all things beautiful because he has shown us within that his greatest love. The cross now, instead of an ugly thing, it has become a symbol of hope. And of love, and people wear it even as jewelry. He makes all things beautiful in its time. Why is it that some of our lowest and most painful and difficult moments in our life have become moments we now look back at and see the greatest witness, the greatest strength, the greatest closeness to God? Because God is there. He's redeeming. He's transforming. He's healing. He's placing eternity into our hearts. He is making all things beautiful. I had a friend this week send me an early morning text, and it simply read, I'm praying for you. When we trust God is in control, there is peace in our walk, and I needed that. Our scripture for this morning says there is a time for everything, and God makes everything beautiful in its time. And there are two words that are translated time in the Bible in the Old and New Testaments. In the Greek, the word chronos is time like you would have in a clock. What time is it? It's 10 a.m. That's, that's the word there is chronos. How long did it take you to drive from here to there? Well, it took me an hour. That, that word is chronos. It's just a common word that means time. But the second word used and translated time in the Bible is kairos. And it means the moments. The moments, you know. It is defined the decisive critical moments of our life, significant, distinct, ordained moments when God is up to something, putting something together. This is a Kairos moment. This is a, a God-ordained moment in time. 
for our, and so for example, Solomon, as he's, as he's writing Ecclesiastes here, he says there is a time for everything. And he is talking about how God has ordained certain things for certain times, when he was to be born and when he was to die, and then all of the things in between. He was working in that time. He has given us seasons for reasons, and he has a particular plan, and he is, his plan is perfect, and, and according to that plan, and everything goes, and, and God is always right on time in the things that he is doing in our life. It's a, it's a God-ordained moment. It's a Kairos moment in our life. You know, we, we see examples of this in Exodus 12.41, where after 430 years of slavery, God sends Moses and delivers his people out of Pharaoh's hand. And, and some people, you know, were asking, well, what took God so long to hear our prayers? But God wasn't ignoring them and he wasn't late in his coming. Because it says this interesting thing in Exodus 12, 41. It says that the Israelites came out of bondage on the very day, is what it says. On the very day that he had willed. There was a time. We see the same thing in Galatians 4, 4, where now in the New Testament, Paul was speaking about the coming of Jesus, the Messiah, that they had waited for 700 years for. And in, in Galatians 6, 4, it says, at just the right time, at just the right time, God sent his son. Again, the word is kairos. It was an appointed time for Israel. It was an appointed time in history for Jesus to come. And Jesus even referred to his future return, the day of the Lord that we are still waiting for, as a day and time that the Father has already set. He uses the word set. So if you mix in with that all these other scriptures, hundreds of them, that talk about how God predestined this person to be a prophet here, or called Abraham or Elijah there, or made Esther queen at a particular time as this, or as Joseph in jail for a few years because he had a plan to ultimately raise him up and save his family. You begin to see time no longer as accidental or just random, but God is at work within time, working all things together, and everything happens for a reason. There's a meaning. God is making everything beautiful in its time. That's what Solomon is saying. I, I love the stories that I read in Acts where the Lord is opening doors for those early disciples and leading them into ministries and situations by his spirit. He is accomplishing things. The Lord is doing it. He's working in these ordinary men, but in it, he is making all things beautiful. The disciples just keep trusting and obeying one day at a time and miracles start to happen that start to add up over and you can see God is doing something very purposeful. I love the story in particular of Philip, who God told him in a vision to go to a particular road at this particular time and meet and talk with this particular Ethiopian that Philip had never met before. But by faith, Philip goes to that road at a particular time, and sure enough, right on time, the Ethiopian comes riding along in his carriage as if God knew it was going to happen at just that time. And Philip talks to him, leads him to Christ, and baptizes him on the side of the road right there. It was a Kairos moment. It was a God-ordained moment. And Scripture says each one of us has been given good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. As if He knows us and He knows what He wants us to do at any particular time. 
All of that to say that as Solomon here in our scripture is an old man looking back in Ecclesiastes. He's looking back over his life. He is seeing God at work in his people in his life and and that there was a time for certain things, a season for every activity. And in that moment, you know, back in the past, he maybe didn't see it, but now he can. And even in the things that he didn't like, even in the painful seasons, the hardships, the sufferings, the grief, he now can see God was at work within those things. He was caring, he was holding, he was helping, he was redeeming. There was beauty even coming up out of the ashes. And this is part, you see, of why I see this so connected to the hope we have in God, the hope that we have in Christ. For it is, we trust him in every season. We trust him in the winter because we know spring is coming. It, 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 we wait on the Lord. We know that he is overall, he is sovereign, he is eternal and good, and his will is good, and his timing is perfect. Psalm 130, verse 5 says, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. Romans 8, 24 and 25 says, Hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good. At the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. And so you see, it may be nighttime right now, but morning is coming. It always comes. And maybe you even see this in your own life. We can get discouraged or we can lose hope because what we want, what we're looking for isn't yet. And maybe we can even start to doubt or fear that it ever will be. And I can't tell you exactly if what you're hoping for is something good for you, something that God wants for you. But I can tell you that God makes everything beautiful in his time. And you may have to wait. Faith is seen in the waiting, in the trusting, in the season that God is at work and that God will make everything beautiful. He is our hope in the different times and seasons in our life. And you can't give up on God in the middle of the nighttime, in the winter, or in the war, or in the grief, or in the weeping. You cannot stop planting and watering and tending to the garden. you got to believe Harvest is coming. He said it would. And God is going to redeem this. The rain is going to come. You cannot stop loving your kids and teaching and praying for them and believing even in the seasons when you can't see it because God has got them. He's heard your prayers. He loves them. He's going to hold them. You cannot stop praying. You cannot stop serving or searching or stop believing. He will come through. He always comes through. His timing is perfect. He's never early and he's never late. He's always right on on time and what he promises he always delivers he makes beauty come up out of ashes new life out of death and i promise you the devil will try to get you to give up in the seasons of nighttime don't do it joy is coming in the morning wait on the lord he makes all things beautiful in its time there are so many people walking away today Walking away from ministry, leaving God, leaving churches, giving up on life, walking away from circumstances, giving up on certain people or family or nation or community because they're tired, they're upset. They can't see through the darkness of this moment. They can't see how it's going to turn out for good or for their deliverance. They can't see what is bigger that God is doing or even the beautiful things that he is making during this time. They leave when they're meant to say. They stop loving, stop trying, stop believing, stop working 
Hope is no, and there's a time for everything, and God makes all things beautiful in its time. And God is in this moment, and we can only see in part, but one day we're going to see in full. In the meantime, we keep having faith, we keep having hope, for we know in whom we believe that He is able, and that He loves me, and that He is good in all times. He is just, He is faithful, therefore I wait on Him, because I know Him, and He knows me. This is what David writes in Psalm 42 at a challenging season in time in his life. When he had to wait on the Lord for a long time, he's in the wilderness. He's been anointed king already, but Saul is still pursuing him and on the throne and wanting to kill him. And David is in a season in his life of running. And and I think it's a season of testing. Would David trust God and God's timing or take matters into his own hands? David waited on the Lord. He knew God was going to come through in due time. He writes in Psalm 42, 3, My tears have been my food all day long. Men constantly say to me, where is your God? I remember how I used to lead the multitude in the house of the Lord, and there was joy. Why am I so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Like in Lamentations 3, Jeremiah the prophet writes, I remember my affliction and my wandering, my bitterness in God. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. His compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. He makes all things beautiful in its time. A few final thoughts on this I just wanted to kind of say here on God's time. Second uh, Peter 3, 8 and 9 says this. Don't forget this one thing, dear friend. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. I find great hope in this verse when I think about timing and and God's perfect time and, and the seasons we must go through for it reminds us that certain seasons feel like forever, you know, like a thousand years, man. But for God, you know, just like a day, you know, you know. And so when you when you think of eternity, though, you, you think about how nothing that we experience is really that long, you know, it, it's, you know, it's kind of like when we were younger, summer seemed to last forever and a week seemed to be so long. But the older you get, seasons pass so fast and, you know, years seem just like weeks. And some years you can't even remember. They seem to have flashed by. I mean, I, I look back at pictures of my kids and how fast it seems to have gone them growing up, you know. But, but during it, some of those seasons were really hard and long and we're wondering, are we going to get any sleep, you know, <laughs> and, and how long is this going to go on or whatever. But, I, but now you look back and you see the beauty in all of that life and those moments together. And sometimes just having that eternal perspective, you know, just stepping back and getting a bigger view, you know, during those seasons is so important. Remembering this too will pass and it's all really short. It's all really temporary. You know, this verse in Peter also you know, it's, it's talking to persecuted believers, wondering when is Jesus finally going to come? And it just seems like it's been forever and he's not here yet. And Peter's saying, remember, a day is like a thousand years, thousand years like a day, and it may be longer than you want. But then he says this, he says, God, though, is not slow 
as you would think a slowness for his reason for not coming is just simply that he's being patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but all to come to him. God doesn't even want to lose one. And so when I read this, you know, it gives me a little bit of hope in the in the seasons that are difficult in the times that are maybe tougher, because it gives me this perspective and helps me remember that maybe God is doing something for somebody else's benefit that they might be able to come into the kingdom of God. And maybe it takes this. Maybe maybe this struggle is for a reason. Maybe God knows it. And he knows that I already belong to him forever. And so he's trying to get this other one, though, maybe saved. And so God makes, you see, everything beautiful, even the painful times in my life, they're maybe serving a purpose greater than me. And am I willing to be a part of that? Am I willing to be okay with the pain and the struggles and the sufferings and the trials that sometimes I might have to go through that somebody else might learn the truth and the love of God in the midst of it. Because he's wanting to save them too. The second scripture, though, that makes me think of God and the hope and the times and everything is, is 1 Peter 5 and 6, where, where it says, Humble yourselves before the Lord that he might lift you up in due time. And that word due time is, again, the word kairos. It's that moment that God has set, that he has ordained to happen. And so in this verse, as you know, around uh, this one, Peter's talking about anxieties and worries and, and how in the waiting, sometimes we jump ahead of God. We don't humble ourselves in pride or in ego or in fear or whatever. We, we rush ahead of God and we try to make things happen in our time rather than wait for his time. And we can force things, kind of like Abraham did with Hagar. Instead of trusting in God's time and waiting for God to fulfill his promises, we take matters into our own hands in the midst of our fears. And we try to make things happen in our time, not God's time. And this can create so many additional problems. But our hope in the midst of that, we need to remember, that's why I love this verse, is that it's God's time we got to wait for. It. It's God's way, which he'll show us if we're just patient. If we humbly walk with God and we seek first him and trust in him, then in his time he'll make it happen. So he says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he'll lift you up in due time. And again, like I said before, unlike Abraham, David is an example of trusting in God's time and waiting for it. He didn't go and fight the king for the throne. He wasn't, you know, even though the king was being so bad, he didn't take it when it looked so easy to take it. You know, no, he waited for the Lord's time. He trusted the situation into to God, and eventually it came. Another scripture that helps me in thinking about hope in the middle of timing and God's timing <clears throat> is 2 Timothy 4.2. In this scripture, Paul is mentoring the young pastor Timothy. He's teaching him how to endure the difficult seasons of ministry. And he says in, in chapter 4, verse 2, Timothy, preach the word, be prepared in season, and then he uses this phrase, and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage the people with great patience, careful instruction. For the time will come when people will put up with sound doctrine. But instead, to suit their own desires, they'll gather around on people to tell them only what they want to hear. But you, keep your head in all situations, endure those times, and do the work of an evangelist. In this scripture, Paul is saying, there are going to be times when you're preaching, and it's in season. I mean, it is harvest time. It's revival happening in your churches and everything feels good and it's working and you're encouraged and amen. And, but he says there are also going to be times when you're called to preach and to stand up and to do the work and it's out of season. 
and it seems like whatever you're doing, nothing works, and it is just hard. And it may seem like you seem to get nowhere. Paul is saying that's okay. Be prepared for that in season and out of season. Keep working hard. Keep your head in every situation. There's going to be times when people are going to abandon the truth for whatever, you know, they want to believe in, in whatever somebody's telling them. You, you can't do that. You got to just keep preaching the word. Keep your head. Endure the times, even when it seems like no one's listening. Do the work God's given you to do. I see this played out in the story of Elijah in the Old Testament. He so badly wants his country to come back to God. But he just was living during a time when they were in rebellion and they were headed for exile. And he went through three years of drought and famine. Still, the people wouldn't turn to back to God. And Elijah did this great miracle. He called down fire from heaven and the people all saw it. But they still didn't change. I mean, he's discouraged the times he was living in. It was an off season, you could say. But God met him in that wilderness time, and he said, I want you to keep going. Here are the things I want you to do. And God gave Elijah a few simple tasks that he could do. We don't get to choose the times and the seasons upon which we live, but we are to trust God and be prepared in season and out of season to keep our head and to serve the Lord and to do the things that he's asked us to do. And I think this is a message, of course, you know, not just for pastors, but there are times in our marriage, in season and out of season, when things are clicking or when they're not, parenting or working or in our life. And, and, and you have to know, you have to remember who you are, to whom you belong, and to what your call is, and to, to stay with that in season and out of season. Not to lose the hope when everybody's turning away or no one's listening or whatever. Keep your head, endure it. Keep doing the work that God has given you to do, whether you see the fruit of it yet or not. For there are times and seasons that are just going to be difficult. But the time will come again when the harvest will come. Keep doing the work. Keep fighting the good fight. Keep the faith. Keep running the good race. Keep your head because God will make all things beautiful in its time. He's working even if you can't see it. But the last verse I want to mention about hope and God's timing and, and way is found in Esther. Esther was a girl who lost both of her parents when she was a child. She was poor and living with her uncle. Her future looked pretty bleak. But then her life took an unexpected turn. The king fell in love with her, made her queen. And he had no idea that she was a Jew. And so a few years after becoming queen, her people, the Jews, are starting to be mistreated and threatened by some evil men. And her family comes to her privately for help. She's their queen. She was in a position to go to the king and save her people. Who would have thought that a girl like her would ever have an opportunity in her life to do anything important? But in this moment in time, she found herself in a position to change the world. And her uncle comes to her and speaks with her and says to her in Esther 4, 12 to 14, don't think that because you're in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. If you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. But who knows, maybe you have come to this royal position for such a time as this. And the word her uncle uses for time there is kairos. He is saying, maybe God put you in this position for this very reason. Maybe all of this happened in your life, and it was just to lead to this moment where you could save your people. Maybe God made you queen. Maybe this is your moment. 
And if you know the story, Esther asks her uncle and her people to pray to God. And then she goes before the king. She admits she's a Jew and she speaks on behalf of her people. And the king listens, loves her and honors her. And all of her people are saved. My hope is in God who makes all things beautiful in his time. Who ordains these moments in our life that we don't expect and suddenly we find ourselves there. And he knew it all the time. He's at work in any and every situation. He is sovereign. Therefore, I'll not be shaken. For a harvest is coming if we don't give up. I just got to walk humbly with the Lord. And he'll lift up in due time. He'll accomplish his purposes. He will save his people. But this is the day the Lord has made. Therefore, I will rejoice and be glad in it. God's timing is perfect. He makes all things beautiful in his time. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. We hope you are able to join us in worship again soon. To stay up to date with all of Bethlehem Covenant Church programs and events, head to bccwaverly.org.